out the 2017 Nissan Rogue Rogue One Star Wars Limited Edition before it's gone. There are only 5,000 limited editions, so hurry, learn more at NissanUSA.com. Once they're gone, they're gone. Visit NissanUSA.com to find a dealer near you. Need a good night's sleep? Casper can help. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash RFR. Use promo code RFR. That's casper.com slash RFR. From Tops comes the all-new digital card collecting app, Star Wars Card Trader. For the first time ever, collect and trade everything from legendary 1977 Star Wars cards to new cards featuring exclusive content, all from the comfort of your mobile device. Star Wars Card Trader. These are the cards you're looking for. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. And boy, do we have a lot to catch up on. Great to be back with you here at Rebel Force Radio for this week's show. April 7th, 2017, and I'm going to do my best to get through it. I've got the crud, man. I've got the crud. Those of you in the Midwest that have been suffering through this really bizarre period of weather where it's like 65 and sunny one day and 42 and rainy the next and I looked outside this morning and I, I got two inches of snow out there it was just unbelievable and of course that just wrecks you also when you have kids there's something about little kid ailments that when you catch them as an adult they try to destroy you completely kill you I don't know like little kids bounce back from this stuff but I get it, and I'm sick for two weeks. Well, anyway, enough about me. How are you all doing? So great to have you with us. Like I said, lots to catch up on. Bob Iger was uh, out speaking at USC, interviewed by Mrs. Iger, and dropped uh, quite a few things on us. Also, uh, with the Blu-ray release of Rogue One, there's uh, been uh, a number of folks from the cast that have been making rounds, talking about a lot of things. Um, also, a... Old interview of Sir Alec Guinness popped up, and uh, I, I feel like they buried the lead with this one. So we'll see what you think, plus Star Wars and pop culture and Rebel Force Radio bash details. The big bash coming up next week. So excited about it. And maybe one guy that's even more excited than me is my good friend and yours from Chicago, Jimmy Mack. Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans. Oh, really? You're, Jim, you're so excited about it. <laughs> no, really, I... I had to do that just because I need to sort of stifle myself a little bit. I'm starting to jump out of my skin with excitement, looking forward to getting out there to Orlando and hanging out with all our listeners at the bash. Uh, things have been happening fast and furious behind the scenes as we prepare for the bash. I love those it's movies. Going, 
Oh my God. It's going to be the biggest and best one we've ever thrown. And Jason, I'm relieved that this time around you decided to get sick before the convention yes. and not, not during or after immediately afterwards. So, I planned uh, it that way. I planned it that way. As soon as the kids got sick, you should have seen me. I was all up in their face, kissing on them, loving on ugh. them, just to make sure that I got all that on me. Because yes, it is. It was. This is what I do. I suffer for Rebel Force <laughs> Radio listeners and my love of Star Wars. Yes, I thought this would be a great strategy. Get sick before, get to Orlando, bake it out of me, and then I'll be good and ready to go. Perfect, perfect. I'm sure we can apply a few martinis to that illness while we're out in Orlando, and uh, you know, we'll set you up poolside mm-hmm. and uh, make sure that you have uh, all the uh, accoutrement that you need to uh, heal. Yeah, um, but but so so because of the fact that you've been sick this week, you haven't been going into work, and so our Patreon. Shh, they don't know. <laughs> our 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 Patreon community might uh, notice the fact that there was no. RFR rush hour this week, yeah. but uh, that's because Jason hasn't been in the car. But we, you know, maybe we could squeeze in one before we get out to Orlando. I don't know. It depends. Um, like I said, so much stuff is happening. But we did get out one release this week. Our maybe second we should edition. do a rush hour when we're on the airplane. <laughs> I mean, that yeah, would be would, a twist, right? That would be a twist. Yeah, I, I'm setting up all the recording gear in my little seat. I can barely eat. A freaking! I could barely eat a cracker in that. See, they, they got you so tightly packed into these airplanes now. It's just you can't even move. I remember one time I flew to Japan and I was editing, doing audio editing. I practically had a whole recording studio set up in my seat, but uh, for just a quick two minute or two hour flight over to Orlando for me, uh, they you know they're just gonna pack me in down with the luggage probably. I'll be lucky to get a seat at all. That's the way it is flying these days, you know. You're lucky to even get a seat. Oh man, it's so. it's, it's brutal. I was lucky. I did get. I snagged uh, the the seat. You know, you've got two on one side and one on the other. I got. The, I think I got the singles in both cases. No, oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited about that. Very I'm excited exciting. about the you know the little tiny plane. I think there's a rubber band on that propeller on the front. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I've we'll, come a we'll long way. You know, longtime listeners to our podcast know that I. I suffered for a long time with a pretty severe fear of flying. And uh, thanks to truly thanks to this, um, you know, the podcast and and really being forced to travel and having such fun carrots dangled in front of me, like great opportunities to travel to. It really did help me get over that, over that, that hump, over that fear. So there you go. See, Star Wars heals. It's it heals Uh, things like phobias, like flying. But so, like I said, this week we couldn't get out Rush Hour, but we did release our second RFR Rewind. And RFR Rewind is where we open up the archives to uh, present you with some of our biggest moments in Star Wars podcasting. And uh, this week we're really happy to bring you an episode featuring the story of Katie, the Star Wars girl. You might remember Katie from a few years back. She was a little girl who got picked on at school. for uh, She had a Clone Wars thermos. And uh, so a lot of uh, her mom is an author, Carrie Goldman, and uh, she wrote a blog uh, at ChicagoNow.com about Katie. And a lot of Star Wars celebrities rallied to her cause, people like Kat Tabor and Ashley Eckstein, who joins us on RFR Rewind this week to talk about uh, just 
how kids should just be allowed to be kids and enjoy what they like. And if a girl likes Star Wars, God bless her. She should be allowed to. And uh, so uh, there's a lot of great conversation there with Ashley Eckstein and Carrie Goldman. And then we have uh, the Mandalore Rain Contest, the infamous <laughs> Mandalore Rain Contest. A lot of laughs there uh, where we uh, encourage our Good listeners. Time. I remember that one. Yeah, the, the song parody contest of um, Bruce Hornsby's Mandolin Rain that we had our listeners uh, create songs called, you know, to that uh, Mandalore Rain to celebrate the, uh, the uh, relationship of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Mandalore's Sabine. Satine. Sa- so Satine. Satine. Right. Oh, right. God, it's I knew I'd letter. screw that up. It's one letter. Really, Dave? Yeah, Sabine. Really, Satine. Dave? And then uh, we also have my brother, Billy Mack. He stops by, and uh, we talk a little bit about Star Wars guitars mm-hmm. and uh, the Billy D quote of the week and uh, tons of other fun stuff. But I, I was really happy to get some feedback for RFR Rewind. This is the first actual feedback we received. It's from loyal RFR listener Brian, and i just like to read this really nice email he wrote us after he heard the uh, RFR Rewind featuring the story about Katie, the Star Wars girl. And uh, Brian writes, I just wanted to thank you both and Ashley for your very candid and honest conversation about bullying and how to combat it. I'm a short dude myself. Oh, I should jump in here for a second. During the conversation on RFR Rewind, Jason, you do mention that you had the, to endure a history of bullying in school because of your height. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. so mm-hmm. that's what Brian's referring to when Ooh. he says, I'm a short dude myself. The best advice I ever got from my mother was on my first day of kindergarten. I came home crying because I was being made fun of for being little. When I told my mother, a response changed my life forever. She simply said, you are. That's it. No follow-up. No, you'll grow one day. Just a simple, you are. As I grew up and came out in the late 90s and early 2000s, I was targeted, and all the slurs you could imagine were thrown my way. My response? Simply, I am. And I was able to move on with my life. Fast forward to now, my husband and I have a seven-year-old boy. Something we struggled with was thinking we were being selfish by wanting to adopt a child who will have two dads. Ultimately, we knew it was okay. Just this past week, my son came home and apologized to me because he told his friends I was his stepdad because he was embarrassed about having two dads. My fear had just been realized. Then I simply said, if kids ever make fun of you for having two dads, just tell them, I do. I hope this advice will help him as much as it helped me. I appreciate your show, and like all listeners, I love Star Wars, and that has shaped me to be the person I am today. I continue to watch Star Wars and hopefully use it as a wonderful tool when my son has questions and concerns about being adopted and all those things. Luke Skywalker is his favorite hero, and when I told him that Luke was adopted by his aunt and uncle, his face lit up. Star Wars is the most special thing that will ever be as far as I'm concerned. I appreciate that your show is fun, but you don't back away from using your platform to say something special and follow that spirit of what Star Wars is. Thanks again, both y'all, and to Ashley, Brian. So that, I mean, really, to, to get feedback from, you know, about a conversation that, uh, I mean, it, it's a timeless conversation. Right. We had it a few years ago with Ashley, but it's a timeless conversation, and it's really important that the message gets put out there now. It, it and, and Brian you know, going through all the things he went through as a Star Wars fan growing up, uh, a short guy, uh, eventually uh, coming out in the uh, late 90s and uh, enduring hell along the way. Just just having the strength to stand by his 
his uh, his own personality and his own individuality and simply say when someone puts him down, I am or I do. I mean, he, yeah. he's putting himself into a position where he can take a lot of ownership and pride for the person he is. And so I think it was great that that conversation with Ashley and Kerry Goldman touched him. And I hope it, it touches a lot of our listeners. That's RFR Rewind. It's available only to our Patreon community, but right now for a limited time, we're putting it out there for everyone to listen to. As a matter of fact, I was so proud of this episode of RFR Rewind and wanted to spread the word about this new show, so I put it up on our Rebel Force Radio RSS feed. So if you subscribe to Rebel Force Radio, whether you're a Patreon community member or not, you're going to receive that show in your uh, nor- you know the normal way you uh, typically get Rebel Force Radio podcasts. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Brian, for that. Uh, one short dude to another short dude. Cheers. And uh, maybe we'll see you at Star Wars Celebration. You, your husband and your uh, your son. That would be that would be fantastic. That's right. Star Wars Celebration can only mean one thing, the Rebel Force Radio Kickoff Bash. Wednesday, April 12th, 2017. And uh, for those of you who have your tickets, congrats. There are no more tickets available. But uh, we're going to try to spread the wealth a little bit and uh, maybe do some a uh, little bit of live uh, Facebooking, if we can get it to work. You never know. You never know when you get in some of these buildings, these hotels, you know, what kind of signal you're going to get. But we're going to do our best to make sure that the uh, the events at the Bash live long after and beyond just those walls. But lots of great, great things in store for those of you. Everyone's going to receive a gift bag with an exclusive Rebel Force Radio Bash patch from yes. the Norse Legion. Um, now, that's limited to just the first 350. So. Have you seen it? Have you seen the patch? Yeah, I love it. Very much. Yeah, it was uh, created by Star Wars artist Kevin Lyle, yep. whose company, Norse Legion, will also be joining us at the RFR Bash. And uh, it's fantastic. The first 350 attendees to the Bash will get the patch. Um I think our attendance grew a little bit since we ordered the patches, so yeah. you got to get there early for that. Right. But um, if you don't get that patch, we do have a, another patch, a backup patch from Kevin that we'll be able to give you um, that's just as cool. But this Norse Legion Celebration Kickoff Bash patch is Rogue One inspired. You have the hover tank trooper there. from uh, You recognize him from Jetta City there. And uh, he's uh, just... Beautifully depicted by Kevin on this patch. This patch is going to become a huge collector's item. So uh, you'll want to get there early to be able to get uh, the Norse Legion patch. But Jason, we got some other things in the gift bag too. We sure do. We've got a Rebel Force Radio pin and a set of brand new Rebel Force Radio trading cards. Now this is exciting because the last time we did trading cards, we were doing another show. So this is the first ever set of Rebel Force Radio proper trading cards. And we've got some great moments, uh, some from Sheldon Norton's uh, documentary series, When the Galaxy Listens, and just some other great moments from Rebel Force Radio history that are going to be emblazoned on those trading cards. And of course, if you collect all six, which you will if you're coming to the bash, uh, you can flip them over and do the puzzle on the back. Yes. Keeping it retro. Yes, and also I am not going to uh, 
reveal what's on any of the cards. It's going to be a surprise. I want it to be a surprise for some of the people who are going to be actually in attendance at the bash who are featured on the cards. So I'm, I'm <laughs> right. not telling anyone. I want them to get there and go, oh, my God, I'm on the card. So, uh, by the way, the doors open up for our Patreon community members a half hour early at 6.30 p.m. So there'll be a list there. Um, it's best if you RSVP at patreon.com slash Radio so uh, we can plan on your early arrival. At 7 p.m., the doors open to everyone. I do want to say, please do have your tickets. So you were emailed uh, you know, a ticket with a barcode. I think there's also an option to have it on your phone. So one way or the other, please have that barcode handy when you're coming in the doors. Yes, good call, Jason. Good call. Even if you are a member of the RFR Patreon community, you're still going to need those tickets to get into the event itself. There are some of you who... Uh, uh, are on uh, a separate list for VIPs, etc. You know who you are. So uh, you guys don't need a ticket, but everyone else will. Um, 7 p.m. doors open. We have food. We have snacks. There'll be a cash bar. There'll be an RFR meet and greets. Jason will be there. That's why this is such a special opportunity for everyone, because it's a rare Jason Swank public appearance. I don't understand, I don't understand how I have this reputation of not showing up at these events. I don't I don't get it. I really well, don't. Well, you know you, what? You it act like seeing me is like seeing a unicorn. Well, it might have something to do with the fact that you don't show up at these events. So <laughs> that's why. Well, actually, you're, you're probably Name about 50. Name three. Name oh, three. All right. The first two RFR Disney meetups that we had. I don't um, think I was invited to those. You were invited to those. Are you crazy? And then, uh, well, there was Fan Days in Dallas. Oh my God! Like eight years ago, you still dredging I, this stuff up. It's crazy. Absolutely, guy. Yeah, I, I had to do everything at that one. I had to do everything. I remember I to, that one. Yeah, that was a last minute. That was a last minute bail. I will own that. That's in the spirit of our friend Brian. Yes. Yeah, and then there was <laughs> yes, a there was a. Se- there was a C2E2 where we had big plans, and even Sheldon came out for it, and then it was like, where's Jason? I don't know. Where's yeah, Jason? Like, eh, okay. That was like seven years ago. All right, fine. Seeing me is like seeing a unicorn, so <laughs> happy to be there for the meet and greet. Well, you know what? Actually, you, you sort of left the door open because there's that famous Dave Filoni quote. Yeah, I know. Nothing, I know. nothing cool happens with Swank around. And um, that's because you've missed so many opportunities to hang out with me and Filoni. You've missed so many interviews with me and Filoni, so much so that we had to create a rule that we will not have Dave Filoni on the show unless both of us are present. So, I mean, so like I said, you you left the door wide open for me to to do a little splain in here. But uh, I think there are some listeners who were anticipating Dave Filoni being on Rebel Force Radio this week week but unfortunately because of schedule changes because of jason's illness etc we couldn't both be available to talk to dave at the time we had already arranged which we had arranged long in advance so dave's schedule is very uh tight these days and with star wars celebration coming next week we hope maybe we could catch up with dave there or sometime during the summer but no dave filoni this week and uh you know that's uh, that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes but we'll be catching up with dave sometime soon i think he's dodging me i think he's dodging me about the about the chosen one thing Uh, he doesn't yeah he he doesn't want to mess with this yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah yeah. After all these years, then all of a sudden he's just like, well, swings across the line. I want to. I, I want to mention this. Speaking of the chosen one thing, real quick. There's been all this talk about. 
oh, I love when Sam Witwer schools Swank. I don't recall being schooled by Sam Witwer. I really don't. Sam has a, a very unique point of view, and uh, Sam is a master. Uh, Sam would be a great attorney. Because I think Sam's one of those guys that could, you could give him, uh, you know how like in debate club, you could Mm -hmm. give him any side of any argument and the dude's going to be phenomenal. Yeah. You know, I, I, so I think that's one of the reasons that makes Sam such a great guest is because he can really look at these things from so many different angles. And you can tell when he's, you know, when his, he's real passionate about his particular side, but, um, no, that was just, that was a fun conversation, but I, I don't think, uh. I was necessarily schooled. If I was schooled, I'd have walked away thinking I was wrong. No, and I, I think Sam would agree with you. I believe at some point during the, the conversation, he said, you know, there's really no way to prove anyone's right or wrong here. Yeah, except and, uh, the George Lucas interview where he's like, Anakin is the chosen one. I repeat, Whitmer, listen up. Anakin is the chosen <laughs> one. Even when he's what? Darth Vader, dummy. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, uh, are George Lucas interviews to be considered canon? Oh, now, 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 now. I know, now, I know. Now, I, I can't, look, I can't even, I can't, I can't even, <laughs> period, okay? That's my response to that. I can't even. But Moving you, do raise a, you do raise a good point, but yes, I hate you for it. All right. Uh, I know, I know, I know, but I mean, that's just the sort of way that the culture has been changing around Star Wars. You know, George yeah. retired. So, I mean, he's no longer canon. <laughs> he's no longer canon. George is no longer canon. I love it. I love it. Oh, my God. All right. Back, God. Okay, back, back to the bash. Back to the bash. Back to the bash. Here we go. So we are get, we're going to have that meet and greet. Yeah. There's going to be character photo ops. Bible first is going to be there. Rebel Legion is going to be there. We're going to have a lot of great characters. If people were with us last summer when we did a show from Orlando, we're going to have that crew out there. So Darth is going to be back. I wonder if he's going to bring the Snickers bar this time. Remember Darth with the Snickers? I do remember. I also remember Steve with the donuts. Yeah, I think it was think- Steve with the Snickers also that Darth somehow <laughs> took for himself. But we're, uh, we're like I, two minutes ready to go on uh, doing the show, and Steve's like, "I got donuts." <laughs> it's like Krispy Kremes. <clears throat> I can't tell you how much I love Steve Glosson and how I think Geek Out Loud is one of the best damn podcasts I've ever heard, and yeah, he's really been is. doing it for a long time. And uh, so, I, everyone, I suggest you go check out Geek Out Loud right now. Visit Steve's website, Geek Out Online. Dot com right now listen to the latest episodes and uh as a matter of fact we have a new episode of uh what's the name of our show rock out led he does a show called rock out loud but his co-host does not like led zeppelin but steve does so he brought in a ringer for the led zeppelin conversations <laughs> and that those shows are called rock out led and that's where i sit down with steve and discuss my lifelong love affair with Led Zeppelin. So uh, you guys think I'm passionate talking about Star Wars. I'm just as passionate talking about the Zap. So Steve Glosson, unfortunately, he's not going to be with us in Orlando. Yeah, I am gutted. I am gutted. Well, I, I, often... I, I do want to just throw this out here. Can I yeah. just throw this out here? Uh, Go. Star Wars celebration. Easter weekend. Come on. Yeah. Come yeah. on. And I know the calendar's where Easter is a rough holiday because uh, it's never the same. You know, it's not like December 25th, right? Everybody knows. So Easter's mm-hmm. kind of weird. Uh, I don't think anybody just knows 
when he, I mean, unless you're the Pope, I think they might have them memorized. But when when's Easter? Who knows? You got you always have to check the calendar, mm-hmm. and they book these things you know years in advance. So I, I guess I can kind of understand in a way. But uh, you got you got somebody like. Uh, Big Steve, and he's got responsibilities to his church and the congregation there. And so it's a busy weekend for Steve. So his absence is excused in my book. It is. Of course it is. But damn, I wish he was there. I know, just for too. pure selfish reasons, because he is so much fun. Um, but like I said, the 501st is going to be at the bash. Blasted Trooper is going to be happening. We have a kid's corner I'm very excited about, and there's going to be games, all kind of fun stuff. So that's going to go on for the first hour after the doors open. Then at 8 o'clock sharp, it's the world premiere of When the Galaxy Listens. The first episode is going to be screened for our our audience, for our friends at the Celebration Kickoff Bash. So very excited. Sheldon will be there. And... Uh, just look for him behind the camera. I'm sure you'll see him. And uh, he'll be there with his son. So that's going to be a great moment for, for those guys because we've always wanted to give him a nice platform for the world premiere. And, and there it is. Years in the making, when the galaxy listens, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Uh, following that, we're going to have about uh, 15, 20 minutes of live music from High Adventures Glenn Nelson. Glenn has uh, given me a little set list of some of the things he wants to play. Uh, Star Wars-inspired music uh, written by Glenn and his friends at High Adventure. So that's going to be great. And then at 9 o'clock, we go on RFR Live. We'll have some special guests. We'll have a lot of fun. And we'll get you really, really pumped up for the Star Wars week of uh, activities that uh, lay ahead of us at that time. Following that, we'll have live music from Din in uh, from the band The Souls, and he will be performing uh, music from his latest CD. It aptly uh, named, by the way, Din of the Souls, because there's not many guys with more soul and heart than Din. Absolutely, absolutely. Good friend of ours here at Rebel Force Radio, longtime uh, correspondent with us, and then uh, we actually got to know him and uh, became pretty fond of his talents as a musician. And uh, as a as a songwriter, uh, obviously, we're huge fans of that. He wrote a song called Rebel Force Radio. <laughs> I'm his biggest fan. <laughs> uh, so uh, Din will do some live music. I think uh, Christian Mocked from uh, The Force Within Us is going to be jumping up on stage to provide some percussion work. There's another guy uh, that goes back with us for many years. Yes, Chris yes. Uh, you so. know, these, these friends that have been with us uh, since the beginning, uh, uh, Chris is, is, is one, obviously, um, and, uh, it's just, it's really, really heartening to see that after all these years, you know, there's, you look around and they're still there. It's great. Yeah. They're still talking to us and everything. Um, <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Lyle's be- another one, Kevin Lyle. Yeah. I, gosh, mm-hmm. I remember Kevin, uh, we first had Kevin on back when he was working on a, on a comic project, uh, with, uh, what was the name? See, I remember Kevin. I don't remember the guy who was working on that. Oh one. my God. He, he did someone have from the cast of, uh, a new hope. One of the, the, uh, one of the rebels who, or no, no, I'm sorry. It was Anthony Forrest. He was working it, on a project with, it was, was uh, one of the stormtroopers, not just one of, the one, of, yeah. one of the, one of the main stormtroopers there on Tunisia. And he was fixer too. He was fixer and in the fixer, deleted scenes. But anyway, it's great. It's 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 like a reunion. It is definitely so. Uh, yeah, maybe Glenn Nelson will jump up on stage with them, and they can form a Star Wars supergroup. Yeah, right. Glenn's an, Glenn's <laughs> another one. You know, that's been there from the from the beginning days. 
So we have a nice RFR backdrop that we'll be uh, hanging out by. And uh, so the meet and greet will continue after the show. Uh, we'll be uh, out on the floor being able to take pictures with everyone. That's what I want to do. I want to take pictures with everyone. And uh, remember this night for a long time. Starting at 11 o'clock, uh, we'll have the free raffle. So everyone will be handed a, a little raffle ticket when they come in uh, at the beginning of the uh, evening. You have to be present to win in the free raffle. Yeah, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, we're, we're going to keep you in there. I know some people are going to want to get out a little early from the bash because they'll want to get in line for the line for the line to get into the main panels. <laughs> right. It's like right, you, right, have to, right. you have to you have to to get the, into the, the main panels. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah go ahead. You have yeah. to you have to get in line to get in a line to get in another line. Yeah. And somewhere along the way, you get no sleep and a wristband. So I hope I hope it's worth it when everyone gets into these. I, I liked it better back in the old days when it was just every man for himself. Yeah, you know, right. they had no idea how many. Like, let's do a convention. They had no idea how many people were going to show up. Yeah, how to police any of it? You'd get some poor suckers from the five hundred first to try with all their might, you know, to to, try. to keep people back. I mean, that was Star Wars Celebration 2 in Indianapolis. The 501st, God bless them, their hearts were in the right place, but they were in charge of crowd control. Oh. It was really putting the inmates in charge of the prison at that time. <laughs> it was insanity. But it was something very special and cool, too, yeah. because you had these stormtroopers kind of telling you where to stand, where to go. It really puts you in the well, environment. It makes, it makes a lot of sense, but you know, crowd control and security, especially in these days, uh, are, uh, are are nothing you know to be uh, left for uh, you no. know, uh, amateurs. Um, oh yes, uh, security is is paramount, and then especially with a, a pre the, the premier line cutter of all time in attendance, me. So you have to keep your you, you got to give me a couple stormtroopers. Well, they all had pictures of you. Believe me, they all had they all had <laughs> pictures of you. But but these raffles. And, and here's the other thing too, because you know you mentioned people wanting to run and get in line. People are also going to have some kids there, and we know that that uh, y- you might want to be getting back to the hotel, get the kids uh, to bed, and all of that. But but the flip side of that is if you're not present to win. Then we got to hunt you down. Then we got to charge you for postage to get it to you. And did you really win something if you have to pay the postage to get it? So it's it really comes down to, you know what I mean? It really comes down to logistics, guys. We're not trying to be uh, uh, difficult by any stretch. but uh, So you got to be present to win. Got to be present to win. But, I mean, you'll want to be because we have great stuff. We have prizes from Hallmark, Her Universe, Penguin Random House, DK Books, Kotobukiya, Rancho Obi-Wan, and more. And, Jason, we're going to have Nissan Death Trooper keychains. Those will also be raffled off, too. We'll have a handful of those that we can um, give away. And I'm really looking forward to uh, meeting up with our friends at Nissan. They're going to be at the Bash, and uh, they're also going to be at Star Wars Celebration. I have some great information about what Nissan has going on at uh, Star Wars Celebration in Orlando. There's going to be a, a Nissan fan exhibit, and uh, it's it's great. It's going to be very similar to some of the stuff that I was able to check out at the Chicago Auto Show. You're going to have the 2017 Nissan Rogue, Rogue One Star Wars Limited Edition model. This is the first ever mass-produced vehicle to include Star Wars elements. And... You've heard me talk about this before. I really want one. Um, it's, you know, uh, I, I, I have uh, I have uh, Wendy um, thinking about 
the possibility of buying a new car. <laughs> I'm trying to work all my angles here, folks, because there's only 5,000 of these Nissan Rogue One limited editions. So they're, I mean, what a, it's more than a car. It's a collectible. <laughs> That's what I like about it as a Star Wars man. And um, it has all the cool things on it. It has the badge on the door, this, the Rogue One logo in gold. It's very cool. It has uh, Rebel Alliance and the uh, Imperial Cog logo on the back. It says Star Wars on the rear bumper. And um, it just, I love the black version of this car. And I'm sorry, you know, I, I, I just, I can't stop talking about it because I'm really, really hoping that I can, I can uh, get one wife. on my driveway. It yeah. So wife. that's really what so, you want to do. So I'm going to be visiting and, and you are too. You're going to be with me. We're going to go visit the Nissan display. It's at uh, the booth number is 3268 at Star Wars Celebration. And they're going to be there all the whole time, Thursday through Sunday. The first 1,000 people who visit that Nissan booth each day, they'll be able to get a Death Trooper keychain. Hmm. So um, when once those are gone, they're gone. Uh, we're lucky enough to be able to get some that we're going to give away at the bash. But you'll also have the opportunity, if you're not going to the bash, visit the Nissan booth and you'll have a chance to get that Death Trooper keychain. Also, they're going to have this cool virtual reality experience called Battle Test. And uh, I uh, I played around with, uh, with a cool uh, demo of it back at the auto show. And with uh, Battle Test, it's a 360 degree virtual reality experience that puts you in the middle of a battlefield from Rogue One. And uh, you look around. I mean, it's it's just amazing technology. And uh, Nissan is jumping full in. They're going to have that X-Wing-inspired Nissan Rogue that I was talking about from uh, the auto show. It looks like they mashed up a, a Nissan Rogue with an X-Wing. And it's one of the coolest customized Star Wars vehicles I've ever seen. It has the yellow and silver domed astromech in the back. And so I've asked listeners to uh, give that Astromech a name. I named him Lemonhead because of the yellow. Hmm. But uh, somebody said name him. I like the candy, uh, too. Lemon well, that's heads. what I was thinking. Lemonheads. Yeah, lemonheads. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I, I love Lemonheads. Um, Ferrara Pan, made here in Chicago. <laughs> About 10 minutes from my house. Oh, really? So, yeah. You're so if the your house is like 10 minutes away from the Lemonhead factory? It, it most certainly is. And uh, yeah, if if the wind blows just the right way, (laughs) I get the the sugary the sugary lemon scent fills the air. But uh, so the lemon, the lemon droid, as I call him. So somebody said, name the droid L three dash M zero N. Now put that put that out on paper, and what what does it look like? It says looks like a backward E. It's, it looks like it says lemon. Sure does, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so L3M0N, M-O-N, we I can like say. That. I like M0N better. Yeah. But uh, so you'll be able to see L3 that action. L3MON. <laughs> L3MON. <laughs> so you'll be able to see that uh, X-Wing-inspired uh, Nissan Rogue vehicle at Celebration. 
You have to get out quickly. Uh, go to NissanUSA.com if you're interested. There is a banner on the Rebel Force Radio homepage. Click on that, and I'll take you right to the Nissan website where you'll be able to get all the information you need about the 2017 Nissan Rogue, Rogue One Star Wars Limited Edition. Once they're gone, there will never be any others made. That alone makes my heart start pounding because I'm like, oh, I'm running out of time. So uh, everyone visit NissanUSA.com to find a dealer and tell them RFR sent you. As a matter of fact, I heard from someone on Twitter who said they were uh, so excited listening to us talk about the Nissan Rogue One Limited Edition that they actually went out and bought one. And they took a picture of themselves in the car listening to Rebel Force Radio. I was so excited by that. And I and also I so I, I can use that to show Wendy, say, look, See, just because I'm talking about it, people want everyone's Wendy. doing it. Everyone's doing it. We need it in our driveway so badly. I would love to have Star Wars memorabilia on display outside my home at all times. That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. What's so next? Very A Star Wars house? Well, well, yeah, we've got Star Wars oops. room, so one, 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 one step at a time here, one step <laughs> at a time. But yeah, lots of cool things happening with Nissan, so we'll definitely be stopping by their booth at Star Wars Celebration next week. I cannot wait. All right. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. Good news for you, my lord. That's good news. Come closer, I have good news. Oh, we have lots of news. Lots of news. As I said at the top of the show, Bob Iger was uh, speaking at USC campus. He was interviewed by his wife, Willow Bay. What a nice musical name that is. Willow yes. Bay. And Willow. she's the newly named dean of the uh, USC Annenberg School of Communication and Journalism. So she's got a pretty famous husband. So sit him down. And talk about all things Disney, and of course, that includes Star Wars. So there's a number of things. I, I don't believe this was recorded. We would always love if you have uh, or if you've seen any video of this uh, or audio, please send it our way. Show at rebelforceradio.com. And there, this was one of those things that seemed to be uh, reported across uh, several different uh, channels. Nobody seemed to have sort of the all-inclusive report of this. But there were some interesting things that he said. Uh, he said that they are confirmed that they're starting to talk about what could happen after episode nine, about what could be another decade and a half of Star Wars stories. Uh, he reiterated that. He says, when we first bought Lucasfilm, we were going to make three films, episode seven, eight, and nine. We had to deal with tragedy at the end of 2016, but that uh, Carrie Fisher does appear throughout episode eight. He says, we are not changing anything in episode eight uh, to deal with her passing. Her performance remains as it is in eight. He also uh, took that opportunity to reiterate that they will not be doing anything like they did with uh, Carrie Fisher in Rogue One uh, in episode eight. He says, we're not doing that with Carrie. He talked a little bit about the Han Solo movie, said it will span the character's years from 18 to 24. Very specific, Jim. 18 to 24. Yeah, so, sounds like a demographic to me. <laughs> this is who we're targeting. I mean, this is the years that it covers. The years eighteen to twenty-four. No, I think this is going to be a Star Wars film that uh, all ages will enjoy. Of course, I believe that uh, advertisers 
do consider the money demo to be 18 to 34. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, maybe they'll, in the sequel, they'll extend uh, the the story of Han Solo's origin uh, another 10 years to take us right up to that moment when he meets Luke and Ben in the cantina. Sure. Sure. So, yeah, maybe that could be the case. Maybe they're looking at multiple Han Solo films, just depending on how the box well, office. I, I, I don't know, because they've got three big landmark events that Bob Iger talked about that happen to Han Solo in this movie. I don't know if you saw this. I, this, this did not even appear in the Hollywood Reporter story. You had to go deep to find this. OK, but he confirmed that there are a few significant things that happen in Han Solo's life, like like acquiring a certain vehicle. Yes. Check. (laughs) Meeting a certain Wookiee. Check. But you'll also discover how he got his name. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting because we always assumed that that was his God, you know, his, his, his name his his upon birth. He was his birth certificate says Han Solo. But think about it for a second. Solo. (laughs) What kind of last name is Solo? It sounds more descriptive. Skywalker. It sounds more descriptive Uh, than anything else. I know. But, you know, that might be we might be dealing with an alias. Think about the character himself. Maybe he's he's hiding something from his past or trying to protect something from his past or someone or someone. So he goes by the name Han Solo. Uh Uh And it's a name that Woody Harrelson gives him. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. You know, know, my feeling about this though is they got to be careful here because if they lay too much track for Han Solo prior to a new hope, then as you watch these films chronologically, canonically, chronologically, there's going to be too many opportunities for dropped plot points and 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 uh, no payoff. That's what concerns me. So if you if you give this character this incredible backstory with full of rich story threads, and then you watch the films four, five, six, seven, is there going to be an opportunity to pay them off? Now, luckily, there's people that are a lot more creative than me at the helm of this. But I just uh, that is one concern that I have. Well, has it affected your appreciation for uh, the character Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi? No, because they, I mean, because, because those backstories were written to serve the larger story. I don't feel that that's necessarily the going to be the case here. There's talk about giving him a wife. You know, there's talk about who knows in, in, in giving him, you know, somehow separating him from that identity, that name of Han Solo. We'll see. I will see. But, but, but I don't think that it stands. I don't think you can compare this to what you discover about Obi-Wan Kenobi on the road of telling the larger Darth Vader story. This is just, hey, let's tell you some, you know, something that you didn't know about Han Solo. I think they're going to be very careful to make sure the pieces all fit the way they should. I find it interesting that if his name truly isn't Han Solo, if his actual name is something else, obviously the name reveals something about the guy. Solo, stands alone, individual. That doesn't sound like a guy who's going to have a wife. 
Well, we'll find out. Or maybe that's why he doesn't have a wife anymore when we meet him. Yeah, maybe that's how he gets the name. Sure. Maybe he takes her name. Yeah. All right. Her name's yeah. Her name's uh, uh, Felicity Solo. <laughs> uh. um, you know. So anyway, I, I, we'll just leave that. We'll let that lie. Uh, but that was uh, really all that Bob Iger, uh, as if that wasn't enough. That's all he laid on us. Now he did also mention uh, Succession. Um, as many may remember, it was what, maybe four years ago, five years ago, that um, it looked like he was going to be stepping down. There were rumors that Kathleen Kennedy was perhaps in line to take over as uh, the CEO of, of Disney. Uh, and he said that, yes, he said it is a complicated thing, succession. And the board felt we wanted to spend more time on succession. We mutually agreed upon another year. He says, but I'm serious about it this time. So there you go. Another year uh, as the big cheese in the House of Mouse. Do you like that? Yes. Big cheese. Pulling in um, $150 million a year. I can, I can imagine that he would not want to leave that job. How much does Bob Iger make? Just out of curiosity. I, mean, could, I don't want to well, Maybe he's it. one of those. Maybe he's like a Steve Jobs where he, to, you know, he made a dollar a year. Because he's got all the he's got uh, you know so much uh, in, in in stock options and and other other benefits. We'll say I have no idea. I have no idea. But you know what? A good CEO is worth every penny. I don't begrudge him one one nickel. From Quartz.com, QZ.com, uh, the report on Iger's deal with Disney, uh, very similar to the uh, same deal he's had in place for years. He makes forty three point nine million. So let's just say forty four million in total compensation. Mm-hmm. That includes a twenty million dollar cash bonus. He makes two point five million a year in salary and stock based awards and other compensation. So in total, he makes ballpark forty four million a year, far less than the one hundred and fifty million I had awarded the guy. Bob's probably if Bob, if you're listening to this. Uh, Please uh, don't consider hiring me on to represent you <laughs> in any way. I have no no idea how to get anyone $150 million. I don't even know how to get myself $150. So let's just move on. Yeah, I don't think – Jim, I, you're not quite the negotiator, right? Leave that to William Shatner. The negotiator? Isn't that uh, – Was that Priceline? And- that was Priceline Negotiator. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I was thinking more along the lines of uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan's role at the beginning of The Phantom Menace. Oh, yeah, that was right. They were the negotiators. And and it was, although Qui-Gon wasn't that good of a negotiator because he left Shmi on the table. You know, how could he not get Shmi? <laughs> well, you, you know, maybe he the planned on is it two slaves. <laughs> hey, you know, we haven't heard much about Episode Nine. Iger didn't talk much oh. about that, but uh, Colin Trevorrow has... Director of Episode 9, Colin Trevorrow, caught up with, uh, or rather Josh Horowitz from MTV.com, caught up with him recently. And uh, he's splitting his time, Jim, a rough life between Jurassic World 2 and that other little film. Here's uh, some clips from that interaction. I'm on, I'm, I'm on Jurassic World 2 in the morning, so I go there uh, to help Jay Bayona 
uh, as a writer until about noon, and then I go over to my other office uh, at Pinewood uh, to work. Job and a day job and a night job. And what about this other job, the Star Wars job? That's my other job. So I, I go there in the afternoon, and, and we're we're writing and we're designing, and there is a draft, and uh, you know we're throwing 110 percent of our souls into it. So there'll be nothing left of me when I'm done. Treating it as kind of like an end of a trilogy, as much as a solo film, do you have to think about it in those terms? I, I think about it in the context of three films, six films, nine films, and one film. It's a lot. There you go. It's a lot. No kidding. We can only imagine what the pressure must be like. But uh, it is interesting, Jim, to see that they're looking at it from all of those angles. You have to look at it as one of nine films, one of six films, or one <laughs> of three films, rather. One of, uh, one of one film, even. So... So not only is he juggling Star Wars Episode Nine and the next film, the Jurassic Park franchise, but he's also juggling all the previous Star Wars films that came before Episode Nine. So essentially, he's got like 10 movies in his head right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure he has to consider the, the history of Jurassic, too. Sure. So that just, that just bumped it up to about 13 movies, 14 movies. So... Poor guy is probably going to have to be institutionalized before <laughs> he, you the know, film he is released. Didn't really sound all that enthused. <laughs> two jobs, two jobs, day job, night job. Going out of my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, his wife is there trying to talk him down. <laughs> There's nothing you can say. He's got. He he looks at a, a dinosaur and he the dinosaur's mouth starts moving and he hears Yoda's voice. He's like, <laughs> he's, totally he's become. Totally unhinged. Yeah, and conflates all of these things into into one bizarre, bizarre episode. Oh my gosh! Well, um, there are some things. There are a lot of rumors about what the future of Star Wars is uh, post Episode Nine, and um, some things keep bubbling to the surface. Um, one is Obi Wan Kenobi. You know, it wasn't that long ago that. Uh, uh, Entertainment Weekly sort of uncovered the fact that uh, Obi-Wan is a character that they are, for the most part, uh, leaving alone at this time because it's still unclear whether or not that character influences the events of Episodes 8 and 9. This is sort of what I was talking a little bit about, Jim, about with Han Solo. You know, the more cable you lay behind the character, you know, the more you got to... Uh, be able to wrap up and in this case it's sort of the opposite problem they don't necessarily have it seems strange to say this about a character like obi-wan kenobi but they don't have his future figured out so therefore that makes putting something together um in the past more difficult now yeah the rumor is that they do intend to make an Obi-Wan movie set between Sith and A New Hope and that Ewan McGregor is on board. Yes, as we've heard Ewan talk about before. I mean, just saying that he would like it. Right. And he never brought it up himself. He was always put on the spot by someone else in an, someone else in an interview talking about whatever Ewan's current project is. And then they'll launch that one at him. Well, if. Would they bring you, you know, if they wanted to bring you back for Star Wars, would you do it? It's like, yeah, sure, I'd love to do it. I, I liked being that character. I was Obi-Wan. Um, and it, maybe it was Ewan who said, yeah, I would like to know what he was doing after 
Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. I think it was maybe Ewan who suggested that, or he was sort of prompted to do that. I'd have to go back and find the history of all the different comments he's made about this. Right. And then and, and until he finally got fed up with it, <laughs> I think he just out and out said, hey, listen, you guys are all asking me these questions. Nothing's going on. Right. I, I, I worked on these movies before. You're asking me if I want to play a character that I played in a movie uh, once before. If I'd like to bring him back, of course I would. I think there is a story to tell. That's how Ewan would react. Sure. But, it, you know, when that happens, you, you understand people see the opportunity. They see the opening. So they immediately start developing things like treatments, outlines, you know, pitches. And from what we understand, you know, watching the new home release of Rogue One, I've been studying a lot of those bonus featurettes. And there's always a lot of talk about how John Knoll presented the idea of Rogue One to Kathleen Kennedy. And I imagine that this is a process that happens fairly frequently in her office with all sort of, you know, whether it be a Lucasfilm insider or a freelance writer or a world famous screenwriter. You know, it could be something that happens a lot in her office. So people hear Ewan McGregor making these public statements. They see the opportunity and start developing ideas. I know John Jackson Miller. He wrote that great book, Kenobi, a few summers ago. I absolutely adored that book. I thought it was fantastic. I know there's a great story to be told during his 20 years of exile as a hermit in the desert. It's, you know, and, and think of the adversaries, sand people, Jawas, uh, you have to bring Ben back to Moss Eisley and put him in the cantina because he certainly has had a history there. He Enough of a history to be able to tell Luke this place can be a little rough. Well, you know that old Ben at some point was involved in some fisticuffs with someone in there. Sure. Maybe maybe snaggled. Well, or something. you know what, Jim, as you're saying this, I'm starting to think of, you know, some of my criticism, uh, despite how much I did really love the Twin Sons episode of uh, Rebels. I wanted to see more Obi-Wan, perhaps, you know, given the nature of the way the story group works, perhaps that little five minutes or whatever it clocked out to be was all that the was 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 that was the only piece of the Obi-Wan story that the Rebels was given to tell. You know, they might be doling this stuff out because from what um, what we're reading is this is a, this is a go. This Obi-Wan film, it's not going to be a trilogy. We're talking about a single film here, and it's rumored that Gareth Edwards is interested in directing it. So Gareth Edwards could bring his uh, sensibilities to the Obi-Wan story. And when you're talking about, you know, the, the what he's dealing with there on Tatooine, of course, we don't know. This this could take him off world. You never know. Um, but uh, well, hey, you know, that's interesting because this is something that me and Big Steve have talked about for a long time. Is Vader's line to Ben, you should not have come back. Is he talking about coming back to the galactic conflict on a whole, just in a very general way? Or is he talking in a very specific way about coming back to the Death Star? Do you think it's possible Ben could have set foot on the Death Star prior to the events of A New Hope? I suppose anything's possible. And from a certain point of view... Which is, which is what's now. That's the line that gets you past anything these days. You know, uh, do you know how fast you were going, young man? Well, officer, from a certain point of view, uh, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. work really much outside of no. Star Wars. Trust me, I've, I've, I've tried. 
<laughs> um, hey, did you hear? Did you hear about this new anthology book that's coming out in October? It's called From a Certain Point of View. It's going to be a pretty cool book where they. It's forty stories written by a variety of Star Wars authors, and it's going to be the events of uh, A New Hope told from background character perspectives. Oh. So like. That's so like maybe uh, yeah, that's maybe General Dodonna will get a story or maybe, uh, uh, you know, Snaggletooth. But I mean, it's very similar to the old Tales of Anthology books that came out from uh, uh, Star Wars Publishing in the 90s. Tales of the Moss Eisley Cantina, Tales from Jabba's Palace, Tales of the Bounty Hunters. You know, those are fun anthology books that really tell the story of Star Wars from a different perspective. But these these are specific characters going through the events in the film alongside uh, the heroes. So it's going to be a cool book that comes out in October from a certain point of view. Yeah, no, that's great. I had not heard of that. Um, so fear not, uh, Boba fans. Uh, the, the Boba Fett story is not dead. Uh, that that was uh, likely to be the film that uh, Josh Trank, um, who... Uh, was on the project and then off the project. Man, he was going to be at Celebration, remember? And then he fell. He fell to a cold. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes, he did. Interesting timing. <laughs> but at any rate, it, uh, you did the quote marks when you said cold. I, right? I did. Yeah, cold. Um, Got it. That's that's the uh, the uh, audible version of the yeah the air quotes. But anyway, th- that that doesn't mean just because he's no longer involved in the project that the Boba Fett film is not happening. Uh, rumors are that it is definitely happening, happening, but it is not, I repeat, not just about Boba Fett, but there's an ensemble of bounty hunters. Uh, it, it, you know, it's a road film. It's, uh, it's, it's just the boys on the road, bounty hunters, you know, five guys, four seats. <laughs> just hanging out. <laughs> five guys, four seats. Okay, that's a Star Wars Celebration flashback to Celebration 6. When yeah. we all went to Disney, maybe it was Celebration Five. No, it was the, we no, all went it was to the Disney. last time we were in Orlando. Six Boy. guys, five seats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sitting on Kyle's lap. Um, I hope Jamie doesn't mind. I don't think she does. All right. I don't think I don't think she sees any sort of threat there. <laughs> I hope not. So, um, but Boba Fett obviously is going to be central to the to the. Uh, to the film, um, there's there's no word about whether or not these are all going to be known bounty hunters. I don't know that this is necessarily going to be the crew that we see on uh, Vader's executor that are summoned uh, to go after Han Solo. That cast of characters, or if it's going to be some new, I, you know, personally, I would love to see Cad Bane brought to the big screen. I think it would wow. be phenomenal. Uh, and you'd have to get Corey Burton to do the voice. It just wouldn't be right without him. Um, but um, Boba Fett uh, definitely in the hopper, and he would be, uh, you know, the the iconography of the film would obviously be based around Boba Fett. Yes, I could I could go with a, a dash of Bosk in that film too. <laughs> By the way, that was the name of my third album. Just so you know. a dash of Bosk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was me and Bonnie Burton. <laughs> you and Bonnie Burton. What, yeah, what yeah. Is- we were we were like the White Stripes at one time. I don't know if you know this. So wait, so she's she on the drums. The drums, yeah, yeah. And then you're up there. Out. Yeah, yeah. I wow. was the brains in the, you know, behind the whole thing. But uh, Bonnie played the drums. You know, I was the nice. real musician. No, I'm kidding. Oh, the real musician. 
it gets better. How about this? Not to be outdone. You've heard Jim. You, the, the Twilight novels, right? Um, Harry Potter, of course. You know, young adult. It's a big thing. The, the YA audience. You know, before yes. they become YPs, they're YAs. And why not do a project that is targeting the young adult audience and have a little bit of romance in there? Have a Got little it. bit of romance in there. That's what we're talking about. A love story. Yeah. Uh, and uh, probably all new characters. This is for the CW crowd, right? Like yeah. The people who watch yeah. the now, CW. Now, we've heard network. rumors. What's interesting about this is we've heard rumors about this for some time. This isn't really news to us, but we heard it in the context of a television series. Right. That they were looking at a Star Wars television series from a young adult uh, point of view, point of view. Oh, that's not what I meant at all. Uh, but we don't know. So now, could this be the film that would maybe usher in the first female director in a Star Wars film? We don't know. Uh, that's part of the rumor as well. Um, but at any rate, that is in the hopper. I actually think that that does lend itself more for a series. Uh, I love like romantic comedies, and I love a good romance. But I, I, I need. I need a lot of time. You know, I love when they when these kind of stories unfold on a on a on a series basis. So let's see if that uh, ends up on the small screen. We don't know. But that is really what we're hearing. Um, You know, once we get beyond episode nine, once we get beyond the Han Solo Star Wars story is uh, is some of these projects. And um, it's uh, I, I think the future is very bright. I, I, I'm interested in all of those. I I was a little, you know, I, I love the idea of an Obi-Wan story. I, I was never in love with the idea of it being a trilogy. I sort of thought that that was sort of uh, sacred, you know, that story uh, uh, telling device of the, of the three films is sacred. And it does sound like there is a markedly different process creatively uh, behind one of the saga films and you'd expect that than one of the you know the anthology films or the uh, the star wars story movies really um yeah i i guess obviously uh for some big reasons i mean you have less people contributing to a standalone film than you would with the uh the saga the trilogies yeah. This is from Star Wars News Net, all of these reports. And uh, something else they were reporting is the fact that Disney might put Star Wars on ice for a little while following the end of this current trilogy. So after Episode Nine, maybe the saga itself won't kick back in for several years. They'll fill the space with some standalone films, uh-huh. but they'll want to give it some downtime to protect the integrity of the generational impact Star Wars has. My generation, our generation, Jason, mm-hmm. we're, the, we're the original. We're the uh, OTOG, and that was our Star Wars. Then, I believe there was a generation that was raised purely on Star Wars literature. That's when they came to age on Star Wars during the expanded universe era of the 90s. Then a new generation jumped onto Star Wars in the 2000s with the prequels. And then we have yet another generation jumping on board with 
the sequel trilogy. And then you fill in the gap with, of course, the Clone Wars, which in my sure. my my opinion is just as strong and vibrant an era of Star Wars that there ever was. Yeah. But yeah. but but for Star Wars to be at full strength, it has to be cinematic Star Wars. It has to be in the theater. It has to be on the silver screen. It has to be the two hour plus effects in story and character and everything you expect. That's Star Wars. And um, so I wonder if that's going to happen. Are we going to return to the the adventures of Finn and Poe and Ray 10, 15, 20 years later, like we did with Luke Han and Leia? Possibly. Possibly. I, I don't think they're going to wait that long. I, I, I can't imagine, you know, uh, Bob Iger or Kathleen Kennedy saying to Daisy Ridley, you know, in about uh, 50 years, 40 years or whatever, we're going to come back and you're going to be the wise and old, you know, wizard or, or what have you like they did with with Mark Hamill. Yeah. And, and I don't Daisy's- think we're going to be waiting that long. Daisy kind of grimaces and looks at Kathleen Kennedy and says, why are you wearing plaid? (laughs) What's going on here? All right. uh, A couple more things. Um, Some rumors about episodes eight and nine and some familiar planets that might be coming back into play, including Tatooine. I don't think a huge surprise there. I would be, in fact, I would be quite disappointed if Tatooine didn't show back up in the sequel trilogy. It's, it's sort of the birth in a lot of ways of, uh, of star Wars. Uh, Endor, which is interesting, and the tie there is that Kylo Ren has some perhaps either unfinished business or just has some ties to that planet, uh, given that that might be where, who knows, where he was conceived, perhaps, or where uh, Darth Vader was last, you know, uh, physically seen, Mm -hmm. I guess. A lot Uh, of people like to jump to the... uh conclusion or the make the assumption that Kylo acquired Vader's melted helmet by going to Endor and searching out the funeral pyre site and excavating whatever remains he could find or any sort of articles that belonged to his grandfather. I was always one to kind of think that Luke took that stuff as a tribute to his father or he just took it maybe recognizing the value, recognizing the worth or potentially recognizing the destructive power of having that stuff out there. So I I assumed Luke took it and then Kylo stole it from Luke. It seems too, too difficult for him to go back to Endor and find that site and find that stuff. It just seems like, it would have been taken by the environment by that time. But who knows? I mean, or at least made into a was bass drum him. by an Ewok. Yeah, right. You Something that like helmet, that. It would have know, been recycled it, somehow. Right. Somebody would like have come across it. Right. Or maybe Kylo just naturally has the instincts, the um, archaeology instincts of his father, Indiana Jones. Maybe. Maybe who knows? No, I mean, what? Really be- <laughs> I read something online that um, says that the Indiana Jones films are actually dreams that Han Solo was having <laughs> while he was frozen in carbonite. <laughs> oh my God, that's so great! I love that. I love the fact that General Veers comes back as Donovan 
in uh, right in, in Last Crusade. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love that. And, and you uh, were Admiral Ozzel, and you were there, <laughs> Admiral Ozzel. Yeah. Admiral Ozzel, he was he was, he was Hitler, Hitler <laughs> in uh, in the third one, and uh, James Bond was in it too. It's crazy, crazy dreams, crazy <laughs> dreams, fever dreams, carbonite dreams. They could maybe just call the Indiana Jones saga carbonite dreams. By the way, that was the name of my fourth album. In case you're keeping track. Nice. Carbonite. You have all these. Can I get these on Amazon or, or uh, <laughs> no, iTunes? No, all they've these not been released to digital. I can tell you that. Okay, because I've I've heard the titles of your third and fourth albums. I, yeah. I want to I want to search out your first two, and uh, anything else you got out there. Well, I got one more little tidbit here as we talk about uh, Episode Eight, The Last Jedi. Uh, rumors are. Uh, I don't believe this is confirmed. Uh, still a rumor is nothing confirmed from Lucasfilm or Disney, but Justin Thoreau um, is going to play the first hacker in a Star Wars film. Now, Justin Thoreau, I, I, I wasn't really familiar with this guy. Uh, he was in Mulholland Drive, uh, Inland Thunder, or excuse me, Inland Empire, <laughs> Tropic Thunder, Iron Man 2, Rock of Ages, Zoolander 2, um, but the uh, HBO series, uh, The Leftovers, and then uh, mm-hmm. the girl on the train. I, I've not seen any of this stuff. No, no offense to anybody, but I just, you know, I'm a dad now, and I don't see anything good anymore unless it's Star Wars. Um, so I don't really know. I'm not familiar with him, but the, the rumor is that uh, he is an expert slicer. So, uh, and that he's going to be involved in a very, very important moment. Um, now, there have been rumors, and I, I don't know if this qualifies for a spoiler. I, I just don't know. Should I? Should we throw the spoiler alert on this one? About Why not? We haven't this? heard it for a right, while. We haven't heard it. Let's, let's, let's really annoy the people. Go spoiler ahead and play it. Alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. All right. Huddle in here, people. Get close. So there's been photos, on-set photos that have been leaked about a what looks to be people in the Star Wars universe in formal wear. You might think tuxedos and gowns. A lot of black and white. And I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable with it, but I'm going to reserve judgment. Because, you know, I'm an old fuddy-duddy. But I want to reserve judgment till I see the film. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this kind of like Paul with the buttons and zippers of Rogue One. At the end of the day... I wasn't looking at any buttons and zippers in that movie. I was just blown away by what I was seeing. So I may not be, but I just, it just, the, the black and white tuxedo thing just seems so real world to me. But, and it came back to me because, uh, this character is supposed to be wearing, uh, a, a white tuxedo. So he says, uh, the story says, imagine Indiana Jones's white tuxedo from temple of doom. Um, which, by the way, that's not Indiana Jones's. That that was inspired by James Bond. Steven Spielberg and George Lucas both loved the Bond films. That was his Bond movement moment when he walks into the casino uh, club Obi Wan. I believe that's what it was. Yeah, that's right. He's wearing the white dinner jacket with the black pants. Classic look. All right. So um, there are. Um, so he walks in. But weirder, they say with a Star Wars twist, he wears a white tuxedo style jacket over a black suit. His sequences fit into the casino section of the film. And these are the uh, the uh, uh, Dubrovnik uh, exteriors that were that were shot. Remember, we were looking at all of those uh, 
those exteriors, Jim, with all those kind of those doors and all the, the keypads and stuff. Yeah, th- those were great photos, too, because they left the street open to the public. And then at nighttime, they closed down the street and shot. Right. But everyone was essentially going about their day in Dubrovnik, walking through a Star Wars set. It's amazing. Yeah. And that's where you've, if, if you've seen the photos of everybody sort of in their in their dress dress clothes. Uh, that's where formal that's wear, where yeah. formal wear. Yeah, that's where that's where that comes from. So anyway, Justin Thoreau, a hacker uh, or quote unquote, a slicer in episode eight, uh, a different type of character course in our own real world. Hacking mm-hmm. and uh, espionage is part of everyday life. It seems like if you're reading the news. So uh, definitely a slicer, you know, in the in the Zahn novels, the art of the empire novels, there was a, a slicer named Ghent. G H E. Oh, so this is not a new uh, t- character type for Star Wars. Not at all. A slicer. No, okay. No. Yeah, Ghent. Ghent worked with uh, with uh, Talon Card. Remember Talon I Card? Do. He I was do. Big time underworld player in those Zahn novels. He's he's kind of a forgotten EU character. Hey, bring back Talon Card. <laughs> no one's really no, screaming about that, right? Yeah. Said no one. <laughs> Uh, so, so there you go. Uh, finally, just a couple of, uh, of quick things here. Um, so many of us, Rogue One was such a unique and fantastic experience. And we were all blown away by, uh, that scene when Darth Vader comes in and sort of shows us finally why those rebels at the beginning of a new hope were just crap in their pants when they when they saw him uh of course i'm talking about the big scene where he is uh chasing after the the plans and they're so close jim he's so close to him i don't know why he doesn't just force lift those uh, data tapes right to his hand but it wouldn't have whoops oh ads you, you can't even do anything about it it's just the worst you can't even pause it you just gotta sit here sorry mute the mute the tab Mute the tab, he says. Mute the tab. Mute the tab. Oh, that was my fifth album, by the way. Mute the tab. <laughs> oh, um, man, you really are prolific. I know. I know. It's, it's, it's a little known fact. People just don't know about me that I have this entire catalog of uh, recorded hits. Anyway, not only was that a big moment for us, but it was a huge moment for the crew or the cast of Rogue One that had no idea that that scene was going to be in it. So Entertainment Tonight... Talked to uh, Riz Ahmed, who played Bodhi Rook, and uh, th- he talked about this particular moment, seeing that scene for the first time. So it was a big deal for them as well. It was actually when we were sat at Lucasfilm at the ranch, and um, we were watching the film for the first time. It was on my birthday. Watch it for the first time on your birthday? Yeah, I know. What a present. Cool. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it was awesome. And so the, the, the music came up, and it said Star Wars on screen. And I just started kind of like hearing like, wow, what's that like loud drumming noise? I realized it's like my pulse in my ears, just kind of like, yeah, just I, crazy amount of adrenaline kind of shooting through me. I had to almost kind of just take a few deep breaths because it was like, this is surreal. This isn't, it just didn't feel real. None of it felt real, really. I was kind of looking over at the other actors to be like, you've seen this too? They were just watching, looking ahead, like, shut up, I'm watching the thing. Rogue One has the most badass Vader scene of the entire franchise i know we didn't they kept that from us that was never in the script we didn't know about it it was the first time we saw it so it was like oh, okay so the film's finished like 
Darth Vader epilogue, like, uh, what's going on here? And we just all started shouting and cheering and clapping, you know, in that screening room. Yeah, that was a sneaky one. That was very sneaky. You had no idea. No, I didn't know about that. There you go. That was the first I'd heard. I didn't know that they had kept that from the cast. That, that may have been something that they thought about doing. And that was probably one of the reshoots, uh, bringing that in and making that such a big moment. And then uh, interesting that they sort of, sort of uh, kind of screened it as an epilogue for them. So maybe not within the context of the film. So, Hmm. I think, you know, he just was using that terminology just, you know, that's as as much as of the story that he knew. Maybe he thought the movie ended with, uh, with uh, Cassian and Jin on the shore embracing, you know, how would you have felt if the film ended that way? We get so much gratification out of that Vader scene. The, the it, Vader scene in particular, yes, but but just that that whole uh, bridge that they build, you know, from from that moment all the way through to the plans, you know, going to the princess and then the the ship, un, you know, docking from the other ship and taking off, and Vader standing there, you know, I mean, that whole sequence, yeah, is just is is the ultimate payoff. The ultimate payoff. We had heard from very early on that Vader's sequence or scenes in Rogue One were described as brutal by some who were in the know. So that's why I'm always wondering, well, is this the scene they're talking about or is this something that was placed during reshoots? I I read a story somewhere where uh, the the idea for Vader doing this uh, hallway massacre is uh, the result of one of the editors of the film making a suggestion to Gareth Edwards. Um, But then again, I've heard that this scene was part of the script from day one. I don't know what Gary Whitta has said about it, but I've heard a lot of conflicting reports about how this sequence came together. Well, remember when it came together, what JFK said, where success has a thousand fathers and failure is an orphan. You know, it was a, it was, it was probably a bit of a risky move, but now that it's, you know, heralded as being so, you know, already iconic and incredible. Oh yeah. That was always, yeah, it was always part of the plan there. Oh, oh, we knew way back. I wrote that. I wrote that. I, I said to Kathy Kennedy, I said, we got to get Vader slicing that dude off the top of that roof. It's always been six films. <laughs> Except when it was twelve. <laughs> oh my! You know everybody has a George Lucas impression. You know that everybody does, including Alec Guinness. Did you know Alec Guinness has a George Lucas impression? <laughs> no, I've never heard Alec Guinness do a George Lucas. Well, for those of you who are uh, always checking the interwebs for uh, Star Wars news. You may have seen this headline. Alec Guinness was asked to help fix marriages after Star Wars was released. Well, that's how Hollywood Reporter covered it. But there is a, uh, an old interview goes back from 1977 uh, on the Parkinson talk show. This is uh, Alec Guinness. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fairly long clip, but there's a lot of really good stuff in it. Um, so just check it out. Here you're going to talk. You're going to you're going to hear Alec Guinness talk about how he landed his points on the Star Wars film. You're going to hear him do his George Lucas impression, which is fantastic. And finally, uh, his thoughts, and I would say some of his most fresh thoughts on just having completed 
episode four, A New Hope, and it being a wild success in theaters at the time this interview was broadcast. So here it is, the late, great Sir Alec Guinness on the Parkinson talk show. All of a sudden, you've hit the jackpot <laughs> with a thing called Star Wars, which I saw last week, and I, I think just looked, I think it's super, I think it's marvelous escapism, and it'll oh, sure. clean up. But I mean, how did you come to, to be involved with a piece of science fiction like that? Well, I, it arrived as a script. I was just finishing a picture in Hollywood. Um, I'm another day to go, and the script arrived on my dressing table. Um, and I heard that it had been delivered by George Lucas. And I thought, well, that's rather impressive, because he's an up-and-coming uh, and very respect-worthy young director. So, And then when I opened it and found it was science fiction, I thought, oh, crumbs, you know, this is simply not for me. Uh, <laughs> and... Then I started reading, and it seemed to me the dialogue was pretty ropey. Uh, <laughs> but I had to go on turning the page. and the, I mean, that's an essential yes. in any script. You've got to know what happens next or, uh, or what's going to be said next. And I, I went on reading, and I thought, no, I'm gonna, I, I like this. Uh, if only we can get some of the dialogue altered. And then I met him, we got on very well, and I found myself doing it, that's all. And it's made more money than any other movie ever made. So I'm told. And yes. you got yourself part of the action. Ah, well. Two that's... and a half percent, isn't it? No, 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 not quite that, no. What is it? Sir <laughs> 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 so, uh, so Alec, how much uh, is it? Uh, well, as you want that story. Please. I tried to keep this dark. I don't know where this all sprang from. <laughs> um, I think it was the Evening Standard to blame for this. Um, I had a contract... I, my agent said, I've asked for 2% of whatever, because we didn't think it would make any, you know. I've never had, a, I've had a percentage on a film before, and they lose money like mad if I have a percentage. <laughs> and I said, oh, fine, all right, 2%. Uh, and the day before the film opened in San Francisco, uh, George Lucas phoned me and said, um, he's very, very, again, he's like Annabelle, he's very diffident and very shy and quiet and, he has a funny little voice. And he said, um, I think the movie's kind of going to be all right. And I said, oh, I'm glad, George. <laughs> he said, yeah, I've, uh, the press quite like it. I said, good. He said, we're pleased with, um, you know, very grateful for little alterations you suggested. And so we'd like to offer you another half percent um, by making it two and a half. And I said, oh, that's, you know, that's marvelous. Thank you very much. But a matter of a few weeks later, in fact, the day I saw the film, I've just seen it the once, um, the producer, who again is a charming, delightful chap, I said, about this little extra something you were kindly offering, I wonder if we could have something in writing just so that, you know, my agent and so on believes this. Uh, and he said, oh, the, about the quarter percent, yes. <laughs> 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 so it's two and a quarter percent. Yeah. Put that right. yes, sadly. What's the fascination of it to you, do you think? I think a marvellous, healthy innocence. Yes. Um, great pace, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang, bang, and people fall over and are dead. But, uh, you know, no horrors, no sleazy sex. In fact, actually, no sex at all becomes that. Uh, and a a sort of wonderful freshness about it, a kind of like a wonderful fresh air. Mm. When I came out of the cinema into Tottenham Court Road, I thought, oh, Lord, London's awfully sort of gritty and dirty and full of rubbish, isn't it? 
Because this had all been so um, I think that's invigorating. Absolutely right, actually. One of the few movies I've come out of recently where I really felt happy and uplifted when mm. I came out. I'd enjoyed myself, actually. Mm, that's all. I mean, people are going to read too much into it. It's a simple... Simple stuff for all ages. Are they doing that now fun. with you? Because of the kind of, you know, sort of doing what? reading more into it, the sort of guru figure that you play. Oh, yes, I'm getting some pretty strange letters. Are I you? Don't mind telling you. <laughs> 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 I oh, no, surely, yes. Uh, my wife and I have got problems. Would you come over and live with us for a few months? <laughs> 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 yes. Uh, you could have yourself a fine time. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Time. So, well, yeah, yeah, great stuff from uh, Sir Alec Guinness. And this, I think, again, uh, came out, I think, in late 1977, this interview. So the film had already been uh, out and was wildly successful and had already sort of taken on the mantle as the most uh, uh, profitable or, uh, you know, the biggest box office of all time. The subject of money comes up, which in uh, in British circles, that's 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 quite boorish to talk about your money. Um, but I just did some little back of the envelope math, and two uh, percent. Let's just let's just say it's two percent. He did say he got two and a quarter uh, down from two and a half. Uh, is about nine million dollars, based on wow. the uh, the the total domestic lifetime gross of uh, episode four, A New Hope. And I would imagine that his points on Empire and Jedi are not included in there, and they probably were. Uh, it was probably the same, if not more. I don't think he was an easy get to come back because, uh, Jim, the, the rumors are, I don't even know if this is rumors, I think this is just a fact, is that he was less than satisfied at George's somewhat last-minute change to kill off the character. Yeah, that's right. And uh, also, I think maybe, you know, you heard him talk about some of the letters he received and some of the absurd invites he was getting. I think maybe he got a little frosted by that, too, and a little burnt out on that. So, um he made his money in the original one and I think looked to separate himself from the rest of it. But obviously, you know, money talks and you know what walks. So uh, Sir Alec did return. And um, I don't know if, if he ever really came to terms with. Sorry. Thank, thank <laughs> you, Chase. Yeah. Which album is that off of, of yours? <laughs> yeah, I'm, playing, you... I'm spinning some of the hits over here. <laughs> Rancho Obi-Wan is home to the world's largest Star Wars memorabilia collection, as recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records. Become a member of Rancho Obi-Wan right now to get exclusive access to tours of Rancho Obi-Wan, hosted by Steve Sansweet, invites to special events, and more. Plus, you can also make a difference and help Rancho Obi-Wan grow with a simple donation of $1 or higher. Visit RanchoObiWan.org now to get the latest news, become a member, or make a donation. RanchoObiWan.org. All right, I want to take a brief time out here and uh, remind you about our good friends at Casper. Casper, the sleep brand that created the one perfect mattress sold directly to consumers, eliminating commission-driven inflated prices. It's the award-winning sleep surface that was developed in-house with a sleek design and delivered in a small, so small, you're going to say, how did they do that? Sized box. And I know, I've got one, and I saw the box. It's incredible. In addition to the mattress, Casper also offers an adaptive pillow. They also have some soft, breathable sheets, so you don't just have the mattress. Now you can dress it up. The mattress industry has forced consumers into paying notoriously high markups. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting that cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing the savings directly on to you. And let's talk about quality. 
we're talking about an in-house team of engineers spending thousands of hours developing the Casper. It combines supportive memory foams for a sleep surface that's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. Plus, its breathable design sleeps cool enough for you to regulate your temperatures throughout the night. Not too hot, not too cold. And the convenience, you can't get much more convenient than this. It's completely risk-free. They're going to offer you free delivery and free returns with 100 nights of home trial. That's 100 nights. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and they'll refund you everything. Because Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit. Especially considering you're going to spend a third of your life on it. And we got a special offer for you. Just go to casper.com slash RFR and you're going to get $50 off the price of any mattress. That's casper.com slash RFR. Use promo code RFR and they'll get you taken care of right over there. So if you're in the market for a new mattress, look no further than our good friends at Casper. Rebel Force Radio. You've already made that Star Wars reference. Your source for the Force. Star Wars parody! (laughs) You know, everybody was talking uh, months ago, Jim, about... The uh, the bad lip reading. These guys they do uh, they take scenes from movies and uh, they you know obviously turn down the sound and they kind of create these funny videos of what it actually looks like the the actors on the screen are saying. And the one that just went bananas several months ago was uh, you probably saw it. It was a it was a song that they did to Empire Strikes Back. It featured Yoda singing this tune and it really was a i can't remember like something about seagulls i think it was called seagulls do you remember this oh, yeah you yeah, couldn't yeah, escape yeah. it it was everywhere i saw it yeah and uh i played it for the kids the kids loved it and it really got it gets in your head it's a very <laughs> it's actually a very catchy tune um but but there was really no use covering it here because just you couldn't swing a dead cat without hearing that song or seeing it online um, but this one, we, we just had to pay attention to. This is pretty cool. So they're at it again. And this time they've done the same team, Bad Lip Reading, and they have a YouTube channel. Uh, and uh, goodness gracious, they have uh, 6 million subscribers on this. So it's uh, pretty incredible. Uh, Force Awakens now. They're taking a look at Force Awakens. And they've got the one, the only Mark Hamill providing the voice of Han Solo. Let, let me set the scene for you. So you know the moment in Force Awakens, this is when they're on resistance space. Yes. As Han is preparing to leave. They, they kind of have that, that fight, you know, where uh, she storms off. She's like, when, when, is that ever, uh, when have you ever done that? And don't say the Death Star, that whole bit. Yeah, right. Okay, okay so right. we're inside the base. We're inside the base. So this right. is when she's trying to convince him that you're his father. Luke was his uh, teacher. Luke was his uh, uncle. You're his father, right? Got it. That scene. Okay. Are we with you? Are we with, are we all uh, on the same page now? Right. So Mark Hamill then replaces the voice of Harrison Ford. Yes. Do we know who does uh, the Carrie Fisher voice? It's Jessica DeChico. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's... Excuse me. That is who does Ray. Let's see. They don't have all the voices. It might be in a credit sequence at the end. Okay? Okay. But here's the scene. So, Mark Hamill, 
Han and unknown female actress as Leia. This morning I wanted a frap and they wouldn't make it. Every time I come here, you're buying a frap. And it's not important to get a frap. But it makes me happy. Mm, big fat deal. Seriously, there must be something that makes you happy. Not really. A pickle? Mm-mm. The zoo? Never. A sassy vagrant? Six kittens in a bag of water? Uh... Poop on a stick? That's disgusting. Are you serious? You're so freaking weird. I like monkeys. You're the monkey. (laughs) That is so weird. You have to see it. I think so. You have no. You have to see it. It's uncanny when you see it, especially. You know, of course, uh, Mark Hamill's doing a great uh, Harrison. Although I have to say. I have to say, I think you get the tone better. I'm just gonna I'm gonna say that. I actually think that there's a certain resonance with yours. I don't think Mark's voice just goes quite deep enough. Or there's something just a, just a hair off. But the, the uh, it's just dead on with the with the lip sync. It's just f- hilarious. You know, and of course, you know, Carrie's doing the you know the. <laughs> Now, see, maybe yeah. I, I can I can capture the uh, old Harrison Ford because I'm probably just a little bit more of a curmudgeon than Mark Hamill is. And me and Harrison, we, we're both from the same area. He grew up in the northern suburbs of Chicago, so did I. It. It's, the, it's, yeah. the, it's something in the water. Yeah, there's something there. But Mark, Mark to me, sounds like the uh, Ben Affleck Batman a little bit in this one. <laughs> <laughs> Not the... Uh, let Batman. Get, let me let me see if I can get another. Let me let's do one more clip here. Uh, this is now this is the sequence when they're plotting uh, their attack run on uh, on Star Killer Base. Uh, well, their Resistance Base, but they're planning their attack uh, on the on the uh, Star Killer Base here. Zach Bar. Learn how to speak. Does anybody understand what he says? He's got some kind of stupid accent, I think. An accent. I shot a clown. <laughs> I feel like that's not related. I don't know. Yeah, we can hear you. I think Robert stole his sister's trinkets. He's embarrassed. He's an idiot. <laughs> Actually, I think he said tomorrow is his birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Bill. <laughs> 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 I don't know what's funnier. <laughs> Ekbar meowing or the fact that his name is Bill. <laughs> All right. What, sounds like I, we need the visual here. You definitely with this. need the visual. Um, just look him up online on YouTube. Bad Lip Reading. That's the channel. Uh, and it's the I think it's one of the most current ones they've done. This thing came out. When did this come out? It's number one. It's trending. It's crazy. It's it's going to be all over. It's probably going to be as big as the as the. Uh, well, maybe not as the as the Goofy Seagull song. But, the first uh, time I yeah. saw, or the first time I heard Mark Hamill do a Harrison Ford impersonation was he made a brief appearance on Saturday Night Live in the '90s. He was in a bit. It was like a QVC Star Wars parody, and it was Jim Brewer and um, Chris Kattan. 
and they were these oh, guys. Oh, you got to dig that up. I never remember seeing Hamill on Saturday Night Live. I can dig that up. I think it's a challenge. Are you challenging me, sir, to dig up some rare? I think it is. Mark Hamill. Yeah. Hear me typing? I do. SNL. I'm, I'm not typing Google. I'm typing into my own personal stash. And it just says working on it. So this might take a minute. Not to stroll on that beach. Said seagulls gonna come. Broke me in the coconut. And they did. And they did. And me going like. <laughs> so that's Yoda performing that. Yoda is that what you're saying? Seagulls stop it now. Uh, this is their bad lip reading of uh, Empire. I, I recommend all of these. I I showed that one to the kids, and the kids absolutely loved it, and went around singing it for a good couple of weeks afterwards. And then we went and we looked at uh, some of the other ones. They've done Return of the Jedi, and they've done uh, Star Wars: New Hope and Empire, and they, they they they've done them all. And they do. I mean, they don't just do that, but they do all kinds of movies and TV shows. Uh, they've got one of one of the last presidential debates between trump and hillary that's pretty funny they got some if you're a football fan they've got uh, a lot of nfl stuff you know when you see the the quarterbacks you know mouthing and talking on the uh they got some good funny twilight ones as well but anyway it's funny stuff it really is funny stuff good way to waste some time right after you're done listening to this podcast You've done a good job wasting time here while I try to <laughs> yeah, pull Saturday up the... Yeah, uh, Live, Mark Hamill, not coming up anything with... Uh, not coming up with anything, are you? Oh, no, no. There's no question in my mind that this bit exists. It was with Jim Brewer. It was with Chris Kattan. They're hosting a QVC-type Star Wars show where you call and purchase <laughs> the memorabilia. And one of the things... They, they have a Jawa ashtray. And then they bring out Mark Hamill, and they're actually auctioning off Mark Hamill to uh, the highest bidder, or they're selling him uh, on QVC. And I know I have this audio here somewhere, and I will find it. Damn all it. Right, all right, all right, all right. I, you're right. You're right. And, and I just found it. And what it is is I actually I can't remember I can't believe I forgot this bit because I used to watch these guys the real guys I don't even remember these guys they I used to watch them sell knives and baseball cards it was yeah. a, it was the Shop at Home Network okay and they were these kind of these kind of hillbilly guys <laughs> and I can say that because uh, I come from a long line of I've got some hillbillies in my family you know and. Uh, and these guys, they would just talk. Now, this knife has not been in production for three years. We got a whole case of them. I got a yes. whole case of these knives. I mean, these guys were more excited about selling knives and selling uh, <laughs> uh, baseball cards than anybody you could imagine. So I, I'm looking it up here. Uh, you're right. At the end, they do actually bring out Mark Hamill. So let's let's... I've got this here. We 
are back here at the Shop at Home Network. I'm Don West. <laughs> and I'm Eddie Lewis. And we still have another four hours to go on our Star Wars Bonanza. That is right, Don. And this Star Wars merchandise has been flying out the door like crazy. It certainly has. Unfortunately, we are completely sold out of the Jawa ashtrays yeah. right oh, That is beautiful. Little postmodern Jawas really from uh, POTF2 line. Out of those. Yeah. No more Jawa ashtrays, but... If we, we still have 50 Star Wars baseball card collections left. And that includes the Chewbacca if yeah. he played for the Brewers card. That is right. <laughs> yeah, he's the second baseman there. Yeah, beautiful. That's a item. good looking card. That's a winner. Right now, we want to bring out an item which we have only one of. And this is pretty much the ultimate Star Wars collectible. By far. Jeff, why don't you bring out the item, yeah. if you could? What do we got here? Well, I'm going to show Jeff, you. Yeah, what do we got here? I'm going to show you. This is the actual Mark Hamill. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but apparently we kidnapped him and forced right. him at gunpoint, which allows us to sell him. Right. Yeah, well, gotta do what you gotta do. How's it going, everybody? Now, how much is this item going for? Beautiful item. I'm gonna tell you, this item, are you ready, is going for $80,000. deal! Now, ordinarily, you're gonna pay hundred grand for Mark Hamill. <laughs> this is a great item. I mean, if you're at home, you can make your own Star Wars sequels with a camcorder. Sure. You can make them interact with your own Star Wars action figures or, also. Yeah, or you can just have them stand on the lawn and wave to neighbors. Hey, now wait a minute, you guys. That wasn't part of the agreement. I specifically said no waving. And this is not a counterfeit Hamill. Real McCoy. I know last year we sold a Hamill that turned out to be a Bruce Boxleiter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, just listen to him say, may the force be with you. Yeah. Go on, Mark. Mark. Now, wait a minute. I, I didn't even say that in the movie. Just say it, yeah, Mark. Let's do it. Say it. Yeah. May the force be with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, and the phones are lighting yeah. up. Hello, caller. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about buying this guy, but uh, I want to make sure he's the real thing. Uh, can you make him say, Luke, I am your father? Wait a minute, caller. Now, I didn't say that. Darth Vader said it. Just play ball, Hamill. Yes, Just play ball. <laughs> Luke, I am your father. Uh, I'm sorry, man. That sucked. <laughs> okay, people out there may be worried because they're wondering where they're going to keep a Mark Hamill. Yeah. He's easy to care for. Go ahead, tell him, Mark. Well, I can live in the basement, and I mainly eat bread and apple. That Very sounds easy. like no hassle at all. No and think about it. You can ask Luke Skywalker all the questions you always wanted to ask him. Yeah, like this. Hey, Luke, is C-3PO gay? <laughs> uh, no, he was a robot. Or, or like oh, this. Hey, Luke, what was Yoda really like? Yeah, great question. What are you talking about? He was a puppet. Of the Empire? No way! I never knew that! <laughs> all right, all right. There's the... <laughs> Shopping. Well, that's going to, you know what? I That's really funny. But I thought there was a Harrison Ford impersonation well, in there. That's what got us started on the okay, whole bit. Right. I thought. You're right. Let, should we let it roll? Should we let it roll some more? See if we can get to that Harrison Ford? Yeah. How can we continue the show without knowing, though? Let's just hear the end. All right. All right. All right. It's yeah, we can't couple, continue. Yeah, it's another minute. Let's do it. All right. One more minute. I think this is it. Hello, caller. Yeah. Caller. Make him say, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Yeah. Oh, come on. That was Apocalypse Now. 
I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Say sit on it like Fonzie. Yeah. yeah. Hey, sit on it. <laughs> <laughs> Say I'm kissing your neck and you're my love toy. Okay, okay Toller. Good, Babs. Listen up, people. Listen to me. Forget that he's Luke Skywalker. Forget this is a human being. We're selling it here. Hell, you can make him lift heavy objects for you. Yeah, or you can just make him dust the house in a French-made outfit. Hello, Caller. What's your name and where are you from? Harrison Ford, Hollywood. Oh, oh wow. hey, Harrison, thank God. Yeah, you guys already stuck me with the Bruce Boxlider. Had to put him to sleep. Are you sure that's really him? We guarantee. Oh, come on, of course it's me. We worked together three times. Come on. Uh, what the hell? I'll take him. Sold out. All right. right. Well, that's Daryl okay, so Hammond. That, that is Daryl Hammond. Sure, yes, that was not Mark <laughs> Hamill. It was Hammond, not Hamill. <laughs> well, but, I can uh, see how you might make that mistake. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's a fun little uh, Star Wars and pop culture uh, detour down memory lane. But uh, <laughs> you don't hear Mark. The first time I heard Mark Hamill do a Harrison Ford impersonation was at Star Wars Celebration Japan when he was relaying the story about how excited he was that there were going to be action figures made of the Star Wars characters and merchandise. And he got all excited about this and told this to Harrison Ford and Harrison Ford's very simple two word response was who cares. <laughs> and that was the first time I heard Mark impersonate Harrison Thus, Ford. The who cares was born. Thus, the who cares. Who cares? So, right. uh, yeah. So that was, uh, that was, that was, uh, SNL from like, that was Will Ferrell there, not yeah. Jim Brewer. Yeah, well, so, Brewer and Catan were both in the sketch, but Will Ferrell was anchoring the whole thing uh, as the as the lead. Um, so, in the spirit of shop at home, when it comes to Star Wars and pop culture, but wait, there's more. <laughs> there's okay. So, I don't know if you watch the Goldbergs on ABC. Great show, but I love that show. Great show, and you know, there's a there's a. RFR Goldberg's connection through Adam Goldberg, who is one of the co-screenwriters of Fanboys. So we have that little loose connection there, mm-hmm. um, what with Kyle being the director of Fanboys and everything. And as a matter of fact, Adam actually placed a character named Kyle Newman in one of the episodes of the Goldbergs in like the first season. They uh, talked to some some suit who's sitting behind a desk and on the nameplate it says Kyle Newman. So so Kyle is actually Goldberg's canon if uh, <laughs> if such a thing exists. But okay, all right. So the Goldbergs based loosely on Adam Goldberg growing up in the 80s and all of his fond memories of growing up. And uh, there was an episode that caught my attention called uh, uh, Deadheads. It was all about how uh, the older brother got Barry got turned on to the Grateful Dead. And as often is the case with Goldberg's episodes, there's Star Wars references. Mm-hmm. And one of the subplots was uh, the mom, Mom Goldberg, or Smother, as they call her. <laughs> um, she's, she's a real foul mouth. Every yeah. episode she swears and they have to pixelate her mouth and they have to bleep her. And it's funny because she's as pure as driven snow, uh, you know, outside of those uh, moments uh, where she swears like a sailor. But um, 
they they come up with a swear jar. So she has to cough up to the swear jar, but she makes it more complicated. She gives everyone in the family jars. So the older sister gets a bad attitude jar. And Adam Goldberg, the youngest, gets um, a geek out jar or like a nerd out jar where whenever he throws out nerdy references and stuff or gets in a nerdy sort of argument, he has to cough up a dollar or five dollars or whatever into the nerd jar. So they spend a lot of the episode trying to egg each other on. They try to make the mom swear. They try to bring out the bad attitude from the sister and they try to make Adam geek out. And so, so the mom starts playing her card. She, she tries to get Adam to you know bust open with a major geek out loud as uh, if you will. And uh, so uh, she, she starts off with uh, references that spill into an argument over the two most beloved star franchises. I heard there's a new Star Trek movie coming out. We should go see it, huh? Go see Star Trek. That is a title you would say. And I heard the best thing about the space movie is this one superhero named Hans Ola. Run, Adam, run. Go! I gotta say it. His name is Hans Solo, not Hans. He's a rogue smuggler, not a Danish shoe cobbler. You boned us. Han Solo is from Star Wars, not Star Trek. And it's Trek, by the way, not Trek. <laughs> <laughs> How, who among us haven't been in that position at one point on the Star so, Trek? <laughs> Trek. I, when they compound the error into... Uh, referencing a star wars moment and branding it star trek it's just uh it's 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 10 times as difficult to deal to with. this day my mom will... young adam goldberg no no of course not yeah you're right we've all been there hans oh. come on track um and then confusing the two franchise uh, to this day my mom will still give me magazine and newspaper clippings about star trek mm. have you heard this new star wars news <laughs> I'll be like, oh, mom, I just, I don't have the heart to tell her anymore. So, wow, mom, this is fascinating, and it's something about like, you know, the search for Spock that she must have <laughs> cut out of a copy of Good Housekeeping that's been sitting in my parents' house for forty years. So, not that's exactly how news. That goes. Not news, not news, but still, you know, it's the love is there, mm -hmm. the love. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but no, we didn't have a nerd out jar when I was growing up, but nor did we have a swear jar. If, if we did, I'd still be in debt to this day, but, um, yeah, the Goldbergs is a great show. I love the Goldbergs and, uh, I love everything about it. So, uh, you know, if you guys aren't, aren't hip to that show, you should, cause the characters are so great. Jeff Garland is in it. He's a, he's a great actor from Chicago and, uh, and it's just the, the references are fantastic. It's a lot of fun. I love the actors in the show. Yeah. I'd love to get Adam on this show on Rebel Force Radio to talk about his experience growing up as a Star Wars fan in the 80s, uh, his experience working on fanboys you know, and so on many, the Goldbergs. We, uh, over the past, we have had a couple of times where we were real close or we were going to see Adam or, you know, at a convention or something. And it always uh, fell through at the last minute. But yeah, he hmm. is, he's one of those on the list that uh, I would love to talk to him. Yeah. I, I have a, some family friends of ours. Absolutely. Like the Goldbergs is like a, uh, it's a big moment every week when that show comes on, they never, ever, ever miss it. Yeah. So good stuff. That's Wednesday nights on ABC. Watch it just for the star Wars references. Yeah. Yeah. It's great stuff. All right. Uh, gosh, is that any more pop culture? Did that, is that it? 
That's it. <laughs> it's it for now. No, stop. No Star Wars parodies. <laughs> You know it, you love it. From Tops comes the digital card collecting app, Star Wars Card Trader. Yes. Collect and trade over 1,000 officially licensed Star Wars digital cards. All of your favorite characters, vehicles, and locations from the Star Wars universe are here, including replicas of those amazing and iconic original 1977 top Star Wars trading cards to futuristic all-new cards with exciting digital twists. And of course, you can find exclusive content from the all-time U.S. box office champ, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Download it today in the App Store or in Google Play. And of course, we're using the Star Wars Card Trader app here at Rebel Force Radio. You can always trade with us here 24-7, 365 days a year. Just search username Rebel Force Radio and do it all from the comfort of your mobile device. It's the Tops Star Wars Card Trader app. These are the cards you're looking for. Hey, you know what? Before we get out of here, I just uh, want to say that, you know, this is our last show before Orlando. We're really looking forward to seeing everyone out there enjoying the sunshine and Star Wars and especially at the RFR bash. And we're going to do something that we did at the last bash in Anaheim, but we want to do it right this time. You, you know, Din from the souls, the guy who wrote the rebel force radio song, you've heard it time and time again here on the show. Well, Back in Anaheim, we had Din perform it live, and it was fantastic. It was a great performance. And what was so exciting about it was that everyone in the audience was singing along with the chorus. Rebel Force Radio. You know, everyone was yelling along with that, and it was so cool to be there in the room. But when we got back to the hotel room and listened to our recording, we realized our microphones are just so one-directional that they really only picked up Din singing. We couldn't really hear the audience. So we're going to try to hold some mics out and have everyone sing along with Din as he performs it at the bash next week in Orlando. So this is going to be, you know, totally interactive. You can contribute and and just sing it loud, sing it proud with Din as he performs the Rebel Force Radio song. He's going to do it solo, acoustic, and it's going to bring the house down. And like I said, I want to do this for him so we can get a real solid, good recording of this. Maybe an audience recording and a soundboard recording that we can mash up and make just the greatest live recording of this song ever. So it's a Rebel Force Radio song. It's going to be performed next week at the Celebration Bash by Din himself. I think, like we said, Chris Mocked is going to be sitting in on percussion, and it's going to be just a barn burner. So just to get you warmed up for it, uh, here's a recording of Din performing the Rebel Force Radio song while he's been out on his solo tour throughout Canada for the last few months, and he's going to be wrapping up that tour at the Celebration Bash next week with a performance of the Rebel Force Radio song. So to take us out this week on Rebel Force Radio and get you really pumped up for the bash and for celebration, here's Din with Rebel Force Radio. Wanna find a place where you belong now? 
Chicago You can't stop the sun from setting On a sound now fans from all around Tune in to what you found Place we all wanna go Rebel Force Radio Broadcast economy crash, prove our arteries, dreams for reality. Each life is golden, freeze frame the motion, grease in the ocean, I'm here at the moment. Everyone's an atom in a quantum and mechanic planet, rusty tether, drinking tea, the station where no laws in it, taken off from terraform. You are now aware of the theme and everything you've ever known. things up here for this week's show rebel force radio big thanks to our friends at nissan tops and casper.com if you'd like to keep in touch with us we'd love to hear from you show at rebelforceradio.com is the email address or leave us a voicemail 708-320-1rfr that's 708-320-1737 you can tweet us at rebel force radio at jimmy mac radio at jason swank also facebook the only place you can find Rebel Force Radio on Facebook is at the official Rebel Force Radio page at facebook.com slash rebelforceradio. And the official website for all things and everything Rebel Force Radio is rebelforceradio.com. As we said, please go on there and uh, click on those ads. Make sure that they know that you came from rebelforceradio.com. Don't forget about Rebel Force Radio streaming at wgnplus.com. We're on Spotify, we're on Google Play, we're on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and just about anywhere else you can find podcasts as well as an official friend of Wikipedia, the ultimate online Star Wars encyclopedia, wikipedia.com. By the way, they had a nice, nice plug from Jen Urso herself on the uh, supplement material of the Blu-ray saying that she frequently was checking out Wikipedia while on set so she could catch all of the references. Really? That's funny. Also, uh, jedinews.co.uk, yodasnews.com, 
and the official Star Wars website, StarWars.com, is where you can find links to us here at Rebel Force Radio. So we will see you next time in Orlando at the Bash. Until then, I'm Jason. And I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember, the Force will be with you always. Always.